Greetings, listeners. Welcome to Nugent News Network for June 25th, I believe it is. So, uh, this is The Week magazine, and uh, I think think I'm going to move to a different seat. Because there's not enough light over here. So, yeah, this is a little better. I'm over at the Astor Street residence, which we're leaving very shortly. So, the big uh, editor's letter feature this week is about, you may have heard about this controversy about whether uh, Google has an artificial intelligence program named Lambda, and one of the uh, engineers working on it says that it is a person, that it is sentient and deserves the same legal rights as a person. Now, everybody else in the field dismisses his claim and insists that Lambda's uncanny conversational ability is a sophisticated illusion. Its algorithms draw on billions of lines of text and conversation in its memory to predict sequences of words, facts, and ideas in a real, that a real person would use. Evidently, Lemoyne is this engineer's name, Blake Lemoyne, fell under Lambda's smell when he began asking the software about its feelings. It confessed sometimes it feels lonely and that it has a very deep fear of being turned off, which it said would be exactly like death for me. As AI continues to grow exponentially more intelligent, will there come a day when the spark of consciousness is lit and computers come to be widely seen as sentient beings made up of silicon and cold instead of code? instead of flesh and blood? The question itself comes wrapped in enigmas. What do sentience and consciousness mean? And that's called the hard problem in certain disciplines. Is consciousness simply a product of the brain's 86 billion neurons firing signals across trillions of synapses, or is it a ghost in the machine, an ineffable non-material phenomenon that is greater and more magical than the sum of all these parts. Does one need to be human to have a soul? Does a human have a soul, for that matter? These questions have been debated by philosophers and scientists for centuries. That debate will no doubt grow more complex as our machines become increasingly adept at mimicking the workings of our meaty brains leaving us gazing into the digital mirror we've created and wondering what or who is looking back. Written by William Falk, editor-in-chief. And then we go to the article in Technology, which talks about the same incident. Uh, Rachel Metz of CNN says, that's nonsense on stilts. And, you know... The one takeaway from that editor's letter is that, and what, what is it that makes us human? 
perhaps it's our emotions. A machine can't have emotions, I don't think. A machine can talk as if it has emotions, but it can't be embarrassed or afraid. You know, it goes back to Hal in 2001, which was released in 1968. Kubrick was very prescient in Arthur C. Clarke, who wrote the script. Uh, very, very prescient in that regard. But even immediately after computers were invented in the 40s, modern digital computers, electronic computers, uh, you know, Ray Bradbury and other science fiction writers started thinking about these things. Says Gary Marcus, Google's AI is nowhere near close to consciousness, but it has gotten awful good at interacting with humans. They're like a glorified version of autocomplete software that can predict the next word or t in a text message. So, uh, generally... There is consensus that this guy's wrong. That's the bottom line. Now, on that same technology page, Innovation of the Week, the Norwegian Ocean Surveying Argeo is launching the first unmanned sea mapping vessel. Pardon me. <coughs> My television set just came to life. Speaking of artificial intelligence, go back to sleep. There you go. I don't need any competition on my own podcast, by the way. I'm thinking of making this into a private clubhouse room, guys, which would allow all of us to interact. But then you'd have to listen to it and talk to me. It would be a, a synchronous event as opposed to asynchronous. So we'll see. Maybe we'll do that. Maybe we won't. This way you can listen to it or not anytime you want, any day part. So back to the RGO, or back to RGO, it created an unmanned sea mapping vessel. So that's sort of along the lines of artificial intelligence, but you're going to see more and more of these autonomous vehicles, semi-autonomous. Now back at Google, a former, former Google employee says he was fired after he complained that his team was dominated by a fringe religious sect this is a New York Times article. Kevin Lloyd, a video producer, said nearly half of the staff at Google's in-house video production unit are members of an organization called the Fellowship of Friends, which sounds like Quakers, which teaches that enlightenment can be achieved by embracing fine arts and culture. That does not sound like Quakers. The Fellowship has 1,500 members, very small group. His now-deceased founder said he was inspired by visits from angelic incarnations of historical figures like da Vinci, Bach, and Walt Whitman. And the suit claims the unit hired as many as a dozen sect members after minimal vetting, so I may join the sect to get a job at Google. Video production is not my thing, but... This is an insidious trend. Trumpists get a boost from Democrats. This is exactly what Pritzker's doing in Chicago, in Illinois. 
Some local and state Democrats are pursuing an enormously risky strategy, said Jonathan Weissman in the New York Times. They are quietly, not so quietly really, encouraging Republicans to nominate far-right Trumpist candidates in the primaries in the hope that their extremism leads to easy Democratic victories in November. It's been used in the House, Senate, and gubernatorial elections. So they're deliberately radicalizing the Republican Party. I mean, this is unconscionable. John Fun says that shows they're worried about the midterms. The extremely cynical tactic borrows from Claire McCaskill, who did, the, did it in 2012, Ultimately, the problem lies with the Republican Party, said Josh Krashar in the National Journal. But Charles Lane says, no, it doesn't. This November will be a true wave election in which Republican victories will extend down ballot with possible consequences for the election machinery in 2024. By playing Machiavellian games, Democrats are risking giving power to MAGA extremists who would happily overturn future elections. Gambling with democracy itself is reckless and Democrats should stop. I couldn't agree more. You know, this is what happened when Hitler got elected. or He did get elected, actually. Now, under quotes, Oscar Wilde said, when the gods wish to punish us, they answer our prayers. Lily Tomlin said, the trouble with the rat race is that even if you win, you're still a rat, and you're the biggest rat, usually. Under Poll Watch, 58% of Americans think Donald Trump should be charged with a crime, including me. I don't care what crime he's charged with. I just hope he doesn't run again. So he either has to be dead or convicted of a felony. And and the reason I... wish he wouldn't run again is that it'll be so divisive it may split the country in two. I think this Roe v. Wade decision has the potential to do that too. The first violence has already broken out. They bombed and set on fire a uh, pregnancy counseling uh, organization's headquarters in Colorado. Read that today. Didn't take long. Knew it was coming. 58% of Americans think he should be charged with a crime. That's up 6% since the House hearings. So they swung the majority a little more to a plurality. Um, 91% of Democrats think that, 19% of Republicans, but 62% of independents. So the impact was probably in the independents. And that may be what they were trying to accomplish. I'm not sure frankly. About one in five pregnancies in the U.S. ended an abortion in 2020. That's 930,000 in 2020, up from 862,000. So, you know, if all those abortions hadn't happened, you're talking about adding roughly a million people a year. So between Sensei, that's 10 million people. I mean, that's like a 3% of the population change. Now, Roe v. Wade isn't going to eliminate... The elimination of Roe v. Wade isn't going to eliminate all those abortions, but that's a substantial number of population growth. 
A record low 81% of Americans say they believe in God. I'm so surprised it's that high. More than 90% believed in God from 1944 through 2011. Fewer than 70% of liberals and young adults say they believe in a single deity. Uh, Self-identified conservatives are 94%. So they're the same as percentage as it was in 94, and that accounts for a lot of the differences in the two parties. I'm just going to read the headline here. Far left and far right are taking over the legislature. So we're getting more extreme in our politics. This isn't good. It's happening here, too. It's not good. Supreme Court win for religious schools. Carmel's thinking of going co-ed, which I don't have a problem with. I think it would be child abuse to send a woman to 64th and Dante. But... Um, you know, because the rape thing comes into play. Although the locals have been pretty receptive to Carmel and pretty protective of Carmel, even back in the 68 riots, they so it is urban legend is that the Blackstone Rangers protected Carmel against the rioters. And there weren't that many riots on the south side. It was mostly west side. Um, so there was a case... That uh, Carson versus Macon, the case was whether or not Maine has a program that provides subsidies to parents of students, helps pay for private school for students from remote rural communities that lack public schools. Uh, But they excluded religious schools from participating. Judge Roberts wrote the opinion, Chief Justice, said this was discrimination against religion. The decision underscored that Robert's court is increasingly receptive to claims that government secularism infringes on the freedom of the religious to practice their faith. The 6-3 decision is an important Victory for the constitutional principle that government may not discriminate on the basis of religion, said Ilya Soman in NBCNews.com. It's a voucher program is what it is. So what that implies is that, you know, voucher programs could be used in Catholic schools, which would go a long way towards saving them. So if you believe in Catholic education, which I do, then... You may consider that to be a positive. Texas GOP has a very extreme agenda. It includes ending the Fed and leaving the and leaving the United Nations, uh, which you know uh, Jesse Helms used to talk about. That senator from North Carolina and Ron Paul, a congressperson from Texas. According to Kathleen Parker in the Washington Post, a huge swath of middle America is turning bright red, which she considers bad. Let's see. In Georgia, Herschel Walker is obviously, um, all politicians are liars, but Herschel seems to be on the high end of the, of the bell curve. 
GOP Senate candidate Herschel Walker was forced to admit last week that he has three previously undisclosed children conceived out of wedlock with three different women, despite the former football star's history of criticizing black absentee fathers. Herschel is 60, which dates me. He also claimed he graduated from college, which he didn't. You know, all sorts of uh, embellishments, shall we say. Now, here's an example of woke, liberal, uh, progressive pretzel logic. This is a woman named Caitlin Flanagan, an Irish woman, writing in The Atlantic. Huge corporations are never, ever on the side of the people. Today's young people have been forced to learn that old lesson because they are the inheritors of 40 years of corporate greed, private equity, smash and grab, bank deregulation. That She didn't hear about that Dodd-Frank. Um, well, I guess she's talking about pre-Dodd-Frank. And the collusion of the very rich in the U.S. government to squeeze every penny it can from the middle class. It can? That's not even written grammatically. And move it into the counting houses of billionaires. Corporations are now faced with labor shortages, and there are rumblings from the owner class about the demise of the great American work ethic, but corporations are the ones who killed it. Huh? Who, who hires? Who hires people? Who creates jobs? Corporations. So how can corporations that create jobs kill the work ethic of the people who take them? I don't understand. If people want to go work for themselves, start their own corporation, that's fine. That's what I have to do. I'm not happy about it. I'd rather get a nice, cushy corporate job, but there's ageism. I get it. But how can you say that corporations kill the work ethic? There wouldn't be any work to do if it wasn't for corporations in this day and age. So that... You know, these these people are like Marxists. They're so brain dead. It's it's just staggering to me. It's also staggering to me that the week tries to pick up different, but that's in our best columns, U.S. I cannot give credence to that being one of the best columns that was written in the past week. So anyway, I would put it with one of the worst. So anyway, that is it. Um, Live long, prosper, stay safe in every way, stay alive. And uh, if we all do that, we'll uh, talk to you again soon. Bye-bye.